We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Pride Podcast is sponsored by The D-Line, a lifestyle brand celebrated by Detroit and the great state of Michigan. Visit thedline.com for awesome apparel, stickers, and more. Thedline.com for Detroiters made by Detroiters. Brady's got it. Wants to throw from deep in the pocket. Throws deep downfield. He wants door set. It is picked off by the line. Darius Slay's got it. Coming back right side, twenty-five. Picks up. The throw. Rolls to the right. Stafford throws deep. Got a man out there. End zone. Caught. Touchdown. The Trumpets. Yo, what is going on, guys? Welcome back to episode 11 of the Pride Podcast. I'm Tyler, also known as Lions Nation. I'm Pierre, also known as Detroit Lions fan page. I am Malcolm. I am at the Detroit Lions video page. And today, we're going to, we got some, you know, you guys are probably wondering, what, what the hell are these guys doing on the podcast in January? The Lions are not in the playoffs. What are you guys going to talk about the playoffs? No, we're not talking about the playoffs. playoffs. Talk about <laughs> we're not talking playoffs? about the NFL playoffs. Are you kidding me? Um, playoffs? But actually, you know what? We'll talk about the playoffs for one second. I just want to shout out some former Lions for getting some big wins last week. Shout out to my man Showtime Tate. Shout out to Hello Dinada. And shout out to a guy that was aligned for a little bit, Craven LeBlanc. And, uh, shout out to Eric Ebron, my boy. I, I, I was going to give a shout out to a guy <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of. But since we're on the theme of former Detroit Lions, shout out Eric Ebron. Shout <laughs> out to the Lions coach, uh, Jim Schwartz. Yeah, shout, sh- shout out to Jim Schwartz. Congratulations to him. So I want to get that's, you know, my little second to playoffs. But no, we're not talking about the playoffs today. No. Today, we're talking about. Right now, some offensive coordinators, you know? You're like, what the hell? You guys talked about offensive coordinators last week. No, 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 no. We're giving you the update because our list is so wrong that half these guys got hired. So we're going to give you a little update now because, <laughs> you know, my, my, last two, my last list, two of the guys I like, they're already hired. So let's scratch that. New list. I usually, uh, you know, hit the podcast to Pierre, give it a welcome last time. Actually, Pierre, go ahead, start it. All right. Um, <laughs> I'll start with my – how about – I say like my top three right now, like who I like. Uh, update list. And a reason why I like them. Does that sound good? Sounds good. Good. Um, in no particular order. I don't know what order, but I take these three guys right now. 
I take Todd Munkin, former Bucks OC. If you look at his numbers last year, he was offensive coordinator. He was also their play caller. He had <clears throat> number one pass, passing attack. Malcolm's not going to like this. I believe the 26th rush attack. But, but Ronald Jones doesn't look good. Barbara had a bad year last year. So, um, and one thing about Todd Monken, Lions fans are going to love this quote. Ready? You don't need five-yard plays. Who needs five-yard plays? How can we be explosive? That's what the game's about, man. People like big plays. I like big plays. So how do we figure out how to get big plays? And football trick plays are fun. I mean, what isn't fun about explosive plays and throwing it down the field and making guys make plays? Guys make plays. So I think we like that. Jim Bob Cooter, Mr. Checkdown, bring this guy Todd Monken, get the power run game going, vertical offense going. Well, I'm trying to become the Rams. One more thing about Monken. (laughs) One one thing about Monken. In college, he was a head coach for Southern Miss or whatever. They had 1,000-yard rushers. And OSU is also a coach. He also had a 1,000-yard rusher down there. So he could run the ball. He has a good running scheme. Number two, I have Nathaniel Hackett. You're like, why this guy? Well, my guy. Um, he has number six ranked uh, offense with Blake Bortles as his quarterback. Yes, you heard that, Blake Bortles. Uh, they had the number one rushing attack and I believe the number 13 passing attack in 2017. This year they got injured. Bortles sucked, played worse, lost Robinson, lost Hearns. Fortnite got hurt. Fortnite got hurt, yeah. Third choice, Shane Waldron, um, basically McVay's school guy, McVay's guy. All McVay's guys are getting higher, so why not take crack at him? Good passing yeah. game, good running scheme. We'll see. Uh, I want to update you know, the listeners, if you guys haven't heard yet. Um, so far, the Lions, uh, from rumors at least, have interviewed um, Atlanta's offensive coordinator, Steve Sharkeesian, but he just got hired t- uh, Friday by the Arizona Cardinals to be their uh, – Next offensive coordinator, the Lions also interviewed, uh, like Pierre said, former Jacksonville Jaguars offensive coordinator, uh, Nathaniel Hackett, a guy I really like, by the way. And uh, another guy that they have interviewed was uh, former uh, Tampa Bay offensive coordinator, uh, Todd. Uh, Todd Munkin. Todd Munkin. I can't. Th- <laughs> yeah. All good. All good. Yeah. So uh, those are the three guys have been, you know, rumored so far that have been interviewed. Um Malcolm, go ahead and list your three guys. To be honest, man, my list is exactly, as far as my top three candidates, they're exactly the same in, okay. in that order. Well, not even in that order because my number one person I actually want is Nathaniel Hackett because of his ability to run the ball. I mean, if you could take Blake Bortles and you could make him to a really good quarterback, um, I think he's you know definitely somebody to take a look at. Like you said, they had the number six offense with Blake Bortles as their quarterback, mm-hmm. and I mean they could run the ball. He knows how to he knows how to run the ball. So that's he's definitely my favorite right now. Um, as far as Todd Mukin, you know, he would be my option too. Um, I, he has experience. You know, he wants to make big plays. He wants to get the offense going. So why not? You know, if he's gonna come in and make the offense better, you know, if he's committed to run the ball and make big plays, why the hell not? And Shane Walden. Um, with him, the only thing that bothers me, rubs me off the wrong way about him, is that, you know, the lack of experience. He's never been a play caller before. So, you know, I wouldn't mind 
taking a crack at him to see how he does. You know, he's one of, you know, McVay's boys. So, I mean, I to be honest, I really, I honestly would take experience over, you know, someone brand new right now. Um, I think my number one guy at the moment is Nathaniel Hackett as well. And the reason why I want to hop into Nathaniel Hackett, um, so Matt Patricia is the, the head coach of this team, a defensive-minded guy. And I was looking at this defense today, uh, just like, you know, looking at their overall. This defense was actually, you know, we've mentioned in previous podcasts, they're pretty solid. And I mentioned this to Pierre yesterday. I honestly think the Lions, if they could have an average enough offense with, Nath- with Nathaniel Hack, you know, you have K- Carrion as your running back. Is your leading back, you know, I think Hackett fits kind of what the movement the Lions are trying to do is kind of become more of a run first team. And I think, you know, Nathaniel Hackett's doing a, is the guy that, you know, is the guy you want in there if you want to become a run first team. He's the direction looks like where Patricia and Quinn want to go, it seems like. So, uh, you know, you hire Nathaniel Hackett, you get the run game going. Um I think this offense would be a very average offense. I mean, you don't need to be a great offense, I think, to succeed. Because I think this defense, I honestly, has the potential. If they, you know, you know, bring some names in this offseason, I think this defense has a lot of potential to win games from the defense. Come like a Chicago Bears defense. Come like that Jacksonville Jaguars defense. Like, they, you know, the Jags were um, before this season. Um, I, I think, you know, the Lions would be in a better position with Matthew Stafford than were the Jacksonville Jaguars that year with Blake Bortles. I mean, could you imagine? I mean, Hackett was pretty successful with that Jacksonville Jaguars offense with Blake Bortles. They went to the AFC Championship with Blake Bortles. That's very impressive. I know that defense is a hell of a defense. And I think this team, where the direction is going, they're going to build that defense, come one of the top, you know, the plan is to come a top-tier defense, have a good enough offense. And I think if you hire Nathaniel Hackett, he could take you as far as, you know, Won games, you know. I think it, we can argue this, and I think you guys will agree with me. Put Stafford on that Jacksonville Jaguars team the year before; they're going to win that Super Bowl, or at least go there. Um, um so yeah, I mean, that's you, that's easy argument. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. You have an average enough offense. I mean, build this top tier defense. This could be exciting, man. Um, Nathan, that's why Nathaniel Heck is my guy. I think he he'll get the run game going. He's he's the direction the Lions want to go, and it just makes perfect sense to me. I don't know. Nathaniel Hackett is a perfect fit for the Lions offense. To me. Uh, your other two? I don't have the other two. That's just the only guy. Oh, I really it's the only want one. All right. It's, it's, really, it's really the only guy I want. I mean, I wouldn't mind the guy from Tampa. I mean, Shane Waldron. I I don't. Shane Waldron is. Sounds exciting. You know, he's one of McVay's guys. He's from the Rams system. He sounds exciting, yeah. but to me personally, it just doesn't fit what the Lions' direction are going right now. To me personally, I don't know. It just doesn't Well, when you say they don't fit the direction they're going, it's obvious they want to, like, build a power running scheme with a vertical passing game. That's pretty obvious with the guys they've interviewed. Yeah. So, I mean, if you look at Shane Waldron, though, L.A. runs the ball. They run the ball with uh, Todd Gurley, and he's their passing main coordinator. So he sets up. You know, I don't know, but he has a big say probably in the passing game plan. That's yeah. what passing game coordinator is. Yeah. Plus, one more thing I want to add. Uh, if they bring in Munkin, Todd Munkin, you could guarantee, I'd guarantee you they'd go after Adam Humphreys right away. He knows him from Tampa and possibly maybe make a trade, try to trade for a Braid or Howard. Because there's reports earlier that Arians doesn't utilize tight ends that much. So one of these guys will be available. Yeah, it's possible. I wouldn't be surprised, but... I don't know. 
Nathaniel Hackett is just my clear number one guy I want right now. I mean, I wouldn't mind the other two. They're good options, I guess, but uh, I think Nathaniel Hackett's my guy right now. I mean, I'm not sure if it's going to happen with the reports of him meeting with Green Bay. I mean, I think, you know, it could be the Lions, you know, wanting to see what other, what other, what other these offensive coordinators could offer to the team. We'll see what happens, I guess. But, um, yeah, it's my clear-cut guy right now is Nathaniel Hackett right now. I have no doubts. I mean, I want him to be our guy. Um, go ahead, go ahead, Pierre. I'll throw in one wild card. You guys would probably hate this, but I've heard about it. It's been floating around. No, here, Charlie Weiss. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, Patriots wide receivers coach Chad O'Shea. Um, Chad O'Shea comes from McDaniel's. Uh, McDaniel's Belichick. McDaniel's offense pretty successful. Sometimes it could be boring, but it's not predictable. They run the ball. They pass the ball. A mixture of everything. So it's just a wild card that I'm hearing. Well, I mean, I was actually going to talk about him because next few days, if we don't sign an offensive coordinator, it might be looking like that we're going to sign somebody that's currently in the playoffs right now. And if they do, it's really looking like a Chad O'Shea because of the you know the Patriots' background and familiarity with Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn. So, you know, that's a name that you definitely want to keep an eye on just in case if these next few days we don't sign somebody. And Shane Waldron, obviously, is also in the playoffs. So, yeah, that that that's true. You guys want to go ahead and crown the oopsie doopsie? And for this week's oopsie doopsie of the week. All right. So you know we've done our oopsie doopsie every week, and uh, we're gonna do 2018 oopsie doopsie of the year, not oopsie doopsie of the week. And for this year's oopsie doopsie of the year, we're gonna have a little multiple choice. All right, guys, ready for the multiple choice? Let's go. All right. Option A, LeGarrette Blunt. Option B is going to be Jim Bob Kuda. And option C is Matt Patricia. And option D is going to be a combination of University of Arizona Fields and Brady Quinn calling the two games. What kind of shit is that? Pierre, what option do you think? Which option do you think it is? LeGarrette Blunt. Garrett Blunt, okay. Malcolm, who do you think? This is a no-brainer. I crowned, I crowned this guy the heavyweight champion of the world probably the second time we you know, started this oopsie-doopsie. To me, he was the champion of the world from that second time we did oopsie-doopsie. So I'm definitely going with LG, the Garrett Blunt. I also forgot to give you guys option E. Tease Tabor. <laughs> LeGarrette Blunt. Tease that played 16 games. <laughs> exactly. All right. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and give it to option A, LeGarrette Blunt. Uh, do I even really need to explain it? Um, we, week 17, LeGarrette, I really don't want to give it to you, but, you know, the other 15 weeks, you, you proved it. It just went oopsie-doopsie the year. I'm, I'm sorry, LeGarrette. Um, but I'm not going to be as sorry as, as to you when I was last podcast. I'm just going to say straight up, your oopsie-doopsie of the year. Pierre, just do baller of the year. And for this week's baller of the week... All right, I'll do that. Uh, I'll make this fun. This is going to be actually hard. Let's see if you guys get this. Do you have options? Yeah, I have options. (laughs) What options do you have? (laughs) I have really good options. A is Kenny Galladay. Uh, B is Damon Snacks Harrison. Oh, my God. Could he actually win Baller of the Year? C is Quandre Diggs. And D is Ashawn Robinson. Okay. Um, Tyler, what do you think? Yeah, I want to say Damian Harrison, but 
you never give him a ball of the week, so it's hard to, you know, for me to choose him. But you know, I want to. I would, I would love to choose Zach Center, but you didn't put him in the multiple choice or Levine Toy Lola, but you didn't put him in the option, so I can't. Um, I don't know. We'll we'll go with Kenny Galladay as my option. All right. What do you, what do you think, Malcolm? This has to be either between or Kawanji. Oh shit. Three digs. Shit, dig. <laughs> or Kenny Galladay. Um, I think the person who should win it is um to be honest is a guy that we didn't really expect for him to have this type of year, which would be Kenny um Kareandre Diggs. But you know, Kenny Galladay, second year, thousand yard receiving. Got I think gotta give it to him. I got Quandre Diggs. Now you might wow. like why Quandre Diggs? Why Quandre Diggs? Quandre is is the shortest guy on the team, first of all. All right. Let's get that out of the way. Dude plays like six nine and like five hundred pounds. Dude can slam you and hit you. Now, also, he started the first play of the defense. What was it? First play of the oh, year, what was it? The, the pick six. Last Jets. play of the defense, what was it? Pick for Sean Kaiser. <laughs> yeah, now, now this is fun. Listen to this. Only one DB in the NFL finished the season with 75 tackles, three picks, three tackles for a loss, and a pick six. That's Quandre Diggs. Since wow. the 2017 season, Diggs and Jordan Poyer are the only DBs in the NFL to produce 130-plus tackles, eight tackles for a loss, six picks, and one pick six. So Quandre Diggs. Dude balled out this year. Okay, I like it. He I played all imagine. 16 games, too. He, he, was, he played with a broken hand, I believe, earlier in the year. So, yeah. I didn't even mention to this to you guys, but uh, I just thought of it right now. Uh, who do you guys think the Lions breakout player of the year was? Um, who do you guys think? I'll say my name. Ashawn Robinson. That's who I was going to say. Ashawn Robinson balled out this year, man. So did Kawandre. Kawandre, those two, man, those two balled out this year. I mean, Kawandre was, you know, he's shown he's had success in this league before, but I think Ashawn really this year, you know, he showed up. I mean, he even struggled so He was really bad in preseason and training camp. And, you know, he got a healthy scratch week one, but ever since that, that guy's been balling out. And ever since he acquired Snacks Harrison, you can't run past those big fuckers, man. You can't run yes. past them. <laughs> you cannot run. You can't run and beat in the middle. You can, like, you run it outside. And one more thing I want to add on Aishon. He played in a two-gapping scheme, which is, like, our D-line scheme in, down in Bama. And then, like, he came here. He kind of had to switch to 4-3. So he kind of, like... Had to get back to the fundamentals, but Aishon, man, next year, look out for next year. He could be a bigger dog. Malcolm, who's your breakup player? Um, Key Stabler. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the guy was active in more games this year. Like, what do you want me to say? I'm kidding. Don't say it. That's next year. He's going to be my next year breakout player. Y'all wait on it. Next year. Look at her blunt. Uh, Le'Garrett Blunt is not He's already broken out. Uh, yeah. uh, I'm just joking. I'm joking. <laughs> if I had to give it to one person, other than Aishon, because Aishon would have been my number one option, I would have to say, and I can't believe I'm saying this, I will never thought I would ever say this, Nevin Lawson. Hell no! What? Hey, um, about Lawson, I said this at the beginning of the year, and people, like, gave me, like, a shitload of it. I posted like Lawson is playing well, guys. Trust me. And then he had like a little rough patch, a couple of rough games. And then later on, they moved him inside nickel because of the injuries. And he stopped Adam Thielen to only seven yards and a touchdown. 
yeah, he still gets penalties, but like, I mean, he's a gritty guy. That's his thing, you know. He's a tough player, great open field tackler. I'd bring him back if he takes a pay cut. Yeah, I would I mean, not bring him back at his current salary. That's and, just not to be fair, he's my person by default. <laughs> to be honest, I mean, he played well. He played well this year. He didn't do anything spectacular to me, you know. But he did show a lot of improvement this year, which is which is good for him. But like I said before, man, he has to get pick before his career is over because I... <laughs> uh, he's not like a playmaker he's like he's one of those guys that quietly does their job and like i don't know he's a chippy player he's a chippy tough player yeah he needs he needs to make more plays he dropped a couple picks this has, year i'll say that he has to um if he would have got a pick man he you know i would definitely been high on him but you know I'll, a Sean, yeah I'll, I'll give nevo this he played better this year um especially when they moved him to the nickel, when Jamal Agnew went out, uh, it looked like it really benefited him, and it might have saved his career in Detroit. Um, I guess we'll see what happens in the offseason. But, I mean, yeah, he played – I mean, he had some bad games, but overall he had, a, he had an okay year. I mean, I'll, I'll give him that. Never I mean, if they cut him, I wouldn't be surprised because of his salary. But if he, even yeah. if he takes a pay cut, I wouldn't be surprised. I hope they don't keep him at his current salary. That's just – Stupid. I don't think – I think it's – yeah, exactly. He better stay in the nickel because if I, if I see him on the outside, I'm probably going to scream. Yeah. I use him as like a, like a, like a, um, how do I say this? Like depth outside corner. So as a, like Slate's backup or whoever the number two backup says. I like that's, Agnew in the nickel. That's fine. If you have someone, you know, as a replacement, that's fine. But, um, I don't know. Honestly, I, I think I prefer Nevo right now in the nickel over Jamal Agnew. I mean, we only saw a small sample size of Jamal Agnew, so it's hard to tell. But um, I guess we'll see what happens. It's, yeah, but go ahead. Agnew has more potential, though. You got to go with the speed, the athleticism of Agnew over Lawson. You just have to. Yeah. And <laughs> and, and potential is a, is the main thing. And I actually want to talk about Aishon a little bit um, because in the beginning of the year. A lot of people were down on Aishon. They were already calling him a bust. I was like, you know, give him time. You know. Yeah, you gotta give him time. Um, you got to give them time, especially these young players, because these guys, they usually don't reach your potential to like year three. You know, year three is when you get a clear look at this guy and say, okay, this is the player who we have. Um, Chief Stapler next year. <laughs> you can laugh. Watch. I'm telling you. Okay. Watch. I'll, watch. I'll say this. I'll say this. He's able to get a pick and never never lost him. Oh, he said we'll get an interception before it never lost him. I'm gonna say, with, I'm gonna say with the Lions, with the Lions. Okay. Oh, so you think he'll make the team? Okay, he'll okay. Make the team. Might be in preseason. I don't know. I don't know. But he's gonna get an interception before it never lost. No, 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 no. Preseason doesn't count. No, 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 no. Has to be in game. Preseason does not count. Well, I mean, in game too. If he makes a, if he gets a pick in the preseason, that means he. That would mean to me that he would have a well preseason enough to make the team. So no, he's bro. on the roster. What if like Nathan Peterman's out there and he picks somebody? That doesn't count. It has to be a regular season game. It, that, that you know that's up in the air. Who knows if he's on the team or not next year? Exactly. Who knows, who knows he's here by OTAs next year? Exactly. <laughs> no, no. The way Bob Quinn, the way Bob Quinn talks about him, this presser, I think he'll be here for OTAs. They're expecting some improvement out of him. They don't see it. Have a good day. Yeah, I mean, I, I. I I agree. I think he's gonna be here to at least. I don't. I don't think OTA. I think at least preseason, probably the fourth, 
preseason game, he's gonna be here. If he doesn't play well in the preseason, has a bad training camp, yeah, they could cut him. But if he shows out, I mean, Tease usually has a good training camp. Yeah. Dude, yeah. Uh, Mike Ford, undrafted free agent this year, played a lot better than Tease has ever played in his entire career. Yeah. So honestly, I'd rather have Ford over Tease Tabor. I don't care what Tease's potential is at this point. Ford, Ford impressed me. I'm not going to lie. Ford, Ford played well, you know, and he should, he's one of those guys of, you know, came out of nowhere and shocked the hell out of everybody. But yep. you got to look at, you got to look at schemes. You got to look at the system, man. If you are running a 4-6, or if you're a cornerback running a 4-6, you have no chance to succeed at playing defense if you're playing cover one. Cover one, you're on an island. You're on an island with a, with a pro receiver who are running four fours, four threes, you know, at most four fives. So to be on an island and run a four six, that's that's not that's not gonna help T Tabor. But I guarantee you if they play more zone coverage, I guarantee you he will be one of the better players on the defense. All right, let's say they play let's say they play cover three, right? When you play cover three, but it's only you, it's like basically like one on one. There's not much safety help unless the safety creeps to your side. I know, but when you're playing cover three, usually you don't play press. You, you're, not, you're not pressing the, the receiver. Um, you know, you're giving that gap. So, I mean, running a four-six and you having a gap—that's what—that's what, that's what um, Josh Norman did in um, when he was in Carolina. And Josh yeah, Norman, but... believe it or not, Josh Josh Norman is lower than Tease Tabor. Okay. But, like, they drafted Tease to be that physical press type of corner, right? And that's what Josh Norman, Josh Norman was physical. He pressed. He did. He did. When he did because they ran out of cover two, cover three. If you run a cover two, you can have him up and press, but you're not going to have him press in cover three and have him cover speed receiver deep. Josh Richard Norman, Sherman, Richard Sherman, cover three press. Richard Same Sherman. Speed or around there, you know, he's a, he was a fifth round pick also, so. He was a fifth round pick, but I believe Richard Sherman runs a in, in the high four fours. It was like a four four eight or four four nine. It, it was up there, but he doesn't run a four six. It, not not too many corners came out and had success at four six, but they, there's some that has, you know. But you put you put T's in in a position where he's facing the quarterback, and that has his back torn, um his back against the quarterback playing man coverage. He's gonna succeed. That dude has hands. He has hands. He had. I watched him a lot of college. Trust me, he has hands. Yeah. Uh, Sherman also ran like a 4.56. So, like, it's similar. 4.62, They're both slow. I think what Tease needs to work on is his footwork. His footwork is key to work on. I told you, technique. Technique is a key when you're not, when you're not that fast in the league. Your best weapon is, is now technique. You got to master your craft, master your technique. And if he does that, he could be a hell of a corner. I don't know about hell of a corner. I think he'd be a solid corner. We'll see, though. He, he could be. It all depends on the scheme, the scheme, and the system. Trust me. Scheme and system. And that, that was beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was beautiful. <laughs> Malcolm gave him some. Malcolm, that, you know what? What? I'm, 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 I'm just Malcolm, saying, man. Malcolm, that was great insight on T's table. That, honestly, you gave me – I learned something right now. That actually was great. I'm not even being sarcastic. Man. That was great. I'm proud of you. That was great. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. You know, that, I learned something new. You taught me all these techniques of cornerback position. You know, let's give T's a chance, man. You know what? 
covering a corner, covering a receiver, in in the cover, I'll uh, cover one. Um, you playing cover, he has no chance. Well, Malcolm, that's that's what Patricia likes to run. Our scheme is basically like mostly cover one, a little zone here and there. So, how would he fit then? He's not a fit. To be honest, man, though, like the last three or four weeks, I haven't seen much cover one. I no, seen- didn't. But next year they want to run that. We know that. Like that was their base scheme or whatever you want to call it. If if they want to run cover one, they better get a whole bunch of speedy receivers, you know. But I think they're. The best defense I've seen from Detroit is when they were mixing it up. Yeah, I think you know, they'll mix it up too, yeah. Mixing it up, they're putting pressure on the, cor- on the quarterback. You know, they're setting Davis and blitzes, seven Nevin Lawson on blitzes, you know. You got to mix it up. You want, like, I'm telling you, those games that I watched them run cover one at least 98% of the play. It's like every play they're out there, they're running cover one. And I was like, why are they running cover one? But they just... They didn't change it. There was no cover two. There was no cover three. It was just cover one, like pretty much the whole game. Chicago, Minnesota. It big, worked against big, New England. Games. It worked really well against New England. Well, New England was shorthand down receivers that game. Uh, I mean, like we were injured too, weren't we? We were without Ansa. Who else were we without? Uh, Michael Roberts. Um, and yeah. I want to was there was someone else. I can't remember. I forget. There was like three big players out that game. I can't remember. But um, regardless, the um, basic yeah. coverage. So yeah. basic. Yeah, I mean, I mean New, Eng- New England's receivers. I mean, who do they have that game? Who was their number one? They Josh Gordon was inactive because he just came from the trade. They had Philip Dorsett, uh, Gronk. Yeah, Gronk was playing. So I mean, I'm not taking anything away from that New England game, but I mean, they were shorthand down at the receiving position for sure. I guess yeah, it's true. Whatever. I mean. Yeah, you're right. I don't even know how the hell we went on like a 10-minute tantrum on T's table and cover one defense, but oh, whatever. Man. Well, we I mean, we, it's, it's good for the people table. to know. Yeah, we, we did it. No, that, no, that was great. That was great. I loved it. All right, but I want to add another category. Um, one more category. It's the last one, I, I promise. Who was uh, this year's Rookie of the Year for the Lions? This year's Rookie of the Year for the Lions. I got... <laughs> All right, I know, like, I got someone, you guys, like, there's two consider. there's actually th- three that played out of their minds, all right? But I'm going to go what? with a fourth-round pick, Deshaun Hand. We didn't have those yeah. expectations. I mean, Carrion Johnson played well, but we had high expectations for him. Frank Ragnar played well, first-round pick, high expectations. But Deshaun Hand, fourth-round pick, like, all right, let's see what we have in this kid. He, like, he balled out, man. He balled out. Oh. Deshaun Hand, if they were to read, do that whole draft last year, he'll be a top 10 pick. I don't know about that. He's a first round pick. First round pick for sure. Yeah. He's a first round pick. I want to hop on to that. Um, Usually I like to rate, you know, Bob Quinn's draft or, you know, whoever the GM is um, after the season. And now we're in after the season. Um, I agree. Deshaun Hand is my rookie of the year for the Lions. But if you would look at this draft class this year, the Lions had, you could argue this is Bob Quinn's best draft as him being in office. I mean, you every draft pick this year, besides for a fullback in the sixth round, Nick Bodden, who tore his ACL in like the first or second day of OTAs, besides him, everyone played well in the draft. Um, Frank Ragnall played well at the right guard or at the left guard position. Uh, 
second round pick carry on. We all know what carry on did this year when he was healthy. Third round Tracy Walker. He played well when he got a chance. Oh, and uh, Pierre, what about the other safety we were talking about last podcast? Um, He's not entering the draft, so we're not going to talk from, about him. From Bama, heck of a try, heck of a trio right there. Tracy right. Walker, I'll Deontay Thompson. Deontay Thompson. All right, all right, hang on. I'll say this about Deontay Thompson. He's a good safety. <laughs> He had a really, really bad game, still a first-round talent, but he's returning to school to get better. So he hasn't declared, so he's returning to school. So, so the, the end of discussion, he's not entering the draft. That's so, the, so the heck of the trio is not happening next year. No, <laughs> still maybe draft the guy maybe later in the rounds or something, but I no, yeah. Okay, yeah, but back into my uh, Bob Quinn's draft. Third-round <laughs> pick, Tracy Walker, played well. Fourth-round pick, we just talked about Deshaun Hand, played out of his damn mind. When he was healthy, and uh, around five, Terrell Crosby from Oregon. He played well when he got a chance at you know the guard or tackle position when TJ went out. Um, so, I mean, everyone played well. I rate this draft. Um, call me bias, whatever you like. I I give it an A minus or an A. Honestly, honestly, no. I I want to say one thing. Tyrell Crosby played for Rick Wagner when he was out, but you're right. Crosby could play at guard and tackle. And I also give it an A. Yeah, I give it an A too. That was a hell of a that was a hell of a draft they had. Yep. And uh, the Lions need to have another one of those drafts this offseason. They need to hit on their draft picks this year. To better, be honest, the Lions need a better draft. They need to have a draft like the Saints did a couple years ago, where like their first three picks are all Pro Bowl guys or something like that. They need to they need to find young talent. They could find young talent. Plus, when you're drafting a little higher. I was just going to say that. When you're a top 10 pick, you have the more potential. You have higher potential of drafting a star rather or, than, you know, when I mean, we were at like 18 last year, 17. Even if they want to trade it, they could trade it for like a young star or they could trade back acquire more picks, be more dangerous, you know? Yeah. So it just depends. We'll see what they do. I mean, eight is a tricky spot because you got two quarterback needy teams in front of you. You wish they were kind of behind you. So it's kind of be kind of hard to trade down. But if they love a guy, they could trade up. But trading up also costs a lot. So it'll be interesting. The good thing of having teams with quarterback needs in front of you that they don't, you know, we can, they won't grab the position that we need, you know, because we don't need a quarterback at the moment. Yeah, yeah. but like, let's say like, let's just say the Jaguars are picking at 14, right? They want to go yeah. to eight. I mean, you can get an additional second or third. I don't know how exactly like how the draft thing works, but you can get yeah. an additional pick. Move yeah, down for five sure. spot. That's worth it to me. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And, um, mean, no, go ahead. Go ahead, Tyler. Oh, but I'm saying if for sure, if, you know, one of those, you know, top defensive linemen or, you know, whoever it might be like Gritty Williams falls to number eight. I mean, with quarterback need, needy teams, those guys fall, tend to fall a little farther in the draft. I want to say something on the corners this year. I don't think there's one elite true corner this year. I think you're better off maybe taking in the second, like a Trayvon Mullen guy. And the first, yeah, I don't think... I mean, Greedy Williams, I watched him the other day. I watched Malcolm told me to watch more of him. He kind of scares me. I'm not going to lie. He scares me. Told you. Yeah. I told you. He does. And the thing is, as I was watching him, he does not look he does not look fast. He, like, he doesn't have – and I, I, could, I promise you, he does not have elite speed. Um, right now, he's in some people's top 10. Some people dropped him all the way down to the top 20 because they see it, that he does not have elite speed. And – um. If he goes in the combine and runs a four or five, 
a high four five, maybe even a four six. Which oh, I, that's gonna hurt him. I honestly think he's a high, like a four or five guy, a four or five, maybe even. I wouldn't be surprised if he runs a four six, but he does not look like he has elite speed, and I think that's gonna hurt him. I think that's gonna hurt his draft stock. Same with Baker. I don't like DeAndre Baker. I mean, he's a good player, but I don't. His speed won't translate translate to the NFL. I think Greedy Williams, his speed might be maybe in the high four four range. I wouldn't but, be surprised high four four like a four eight a four four eight or four four nine. But I don't. There was reports of people talking about him running a four two. Hell no. No. If he no, runs no, a no. if he runs a four two, I run a three number nine. one. He's going number one overall if he runs a four two. If he runs a four two, I run a three nine. There's no way in hell. <laughs> Yeah, the Bama game, those receivers gave him some problems. I'll say that. Oh, he's he's a good coverage guy. He reminds me a lot of, and he could potentially be a Richard Sherman type quarterback. He works hard, you know? But for low 4-3s, four four, like a low 4-4, four four, ain't happening. 4-2, hell no. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he'll – I think he'll be past day. Like, I don't think he is a top 10 pick this year. Uh, I mean, the combine's really going to tell. I mean, Tease Tabor was supposed to be a first-round pick in his draft class, and then he had a bad combine. and it fell Really bad to, combine, yeah. It fell all the way down to the second round to us. I mean, I remember the Lions were scouting him at one point um, to be our, like, number 20th overall pick that year in the first-round pick. Um, yeah. A, a bad combine could screw you over badly. Oh, yeah. So I'll just and say And, like, a good combine, like, if you're a third-round pick, it could, like, make you go to the top 10. John Ross. Yeah. He's been a bust for Cincy. Yeah, he just said pure speed. Philip Dorsett with Indy, and then he's the, I think they took him like 20 or something like that. So those speedy guys also kind of scary. If you got to be able to run routes, create separation. Catch the ball. Catch. Yep. I think running routes, though, is the most important thing because speed, you, got, you can't cheat speed. But if you know how to run routes, man, you'll be good. Yeah. yeah. Wish we had a tight end that could run routes. Hey, I, I'll give you a couple names. How about this? Let's talk about some tight ends. Okay. I think two guys that will go in the first, Noah Fan and TJ Hawkinson, I think is his last name. They both play for Iowa. Really good tight ends. The guy I want is in the second, Irv Smith Jr. from Bama. He played well. Yes. Played well. I was watching the national championship game. Played well. He could go in the first two. I mean, he's, he's a talented kid. I mean, there, There's another tight end, but he played for uh, – what school is it? I just uh, know he had – is it Caleb Long Wilson? Caleb, yeah, UCLA kid. Is it? No, it's not UCLA. Isaac Nueta, Georgia. It starts with an O and it's like thirty, like thirteen, so like thirteen letters in it. Oh, that's a hard name. I know you're talking about that guy. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, right? Are, he's in some people's top fifteen. I mean, yeah. do, dude, realistically, we guys want to uh, tie down in the first round, though. No, no, that's a first. Uh, but you know, in the second, bro, like if you get like yeah, the first yeah. Smith, it's kind of like your slot, your receiving option right there. You know what I mean? Like, maybe you don't need slot as much, you know? Or, I agree. If we pick him at, you know, we get a good tight end and at the second round, like an Irv Smith Jr., it would take some pressure off versus if we took a tight end at number eight, which would be, it would be bad if we took a tight end at eight. And yes. I'll say this about tight ends. Even if we take into the second, I'm not expecting a crazy year. Tight ends take a while to develop, but Irv Smith's potential, I love it. You, you, guys, you, you guys trying to give him, you know, give the fans a little more patience so we don't well, yeah, get, dude, get tight, this guy out of end, town, so we don't chase this guy out of town. Tight end, yeah. corner, and quarterback are the hardest positions to learn. 
Yeah. Yeah. But and the thing is was and this is going back to when we drafted Ebron and we talked to a lot of people that 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 were upset with that pick uh, that we drafted Ebron is because of the people we didn't pick up. You know, they look at the Odell that was back there that we didn't pick up. Well, they Odell look- had a broken foot. He was going to start the year on pop. I also would not have wanted him straight. I did not want him. He, I, I know, but that's that's what they look at. They're like, oh, we could have had Odell. And then they say, oh, we could have had, I think that was the same year. Was that the same year as Aaron Donald? Donald. Yeah. And Their then, guy. The yeah, guys but you had Sue on the defensive line already. Yeah, they had Sue and Fairley. The guys they wanted really bad, I know, was Anthony Barr. And he wanted to pick before us to the Vikings, I believe, or something like that. And I Justin thought, Gilbert busted. Thought, and he's out the league. I thought yeah, Barr went that, after. That's, that's what they look at. That's what the fans look at. They look at the guys who, if you have the 10th pick, they look at the guy who got drafted at number 13, 14, and 15. And if those guys are having success in the league and this guy's taking time or is not getting it right away, they're going to flip out. I mean, that's, say, just, that's just the fan base in general. Fans did not like him. They, they didn't want him. Why would you want to play for someone that doesn't want you? I'm just saying he could have done a better job blocking out the negativity. He could. He could have. He was young. I think he learned from his mistakes. Yeah. And a change of scenery was needed. Oh, yeah. 100%. Because look, okay. Not that Amir Abdul has been balling out by any means since he's left the Lions, but he took it like a professional with his Lions. He got, he got the same shit Ebron got almost. The only reason why Ebron got it worse than Amir Abdullah probably is because Ebron responded. Abdullah never responded to hate. No, but fans wanted to see Abdullah succeed, though. They did. They hated yeah. Ebron's guts. They wanted that guy out of town. Cut him. Eric E. Dropped. You dropped your baby. I mean, I'm serious. When he had a kid, I don't, was he with us? I forgot. Yeah, I think, he was. He was. Yeah, he yeah. was with us. His first yeah, baby. Yeah, you dropped your baby. Don't drop your baby. Like, come on, bro. That's kind of messed up. It's fucked up. I'm not going to lie. But I'm just saying, like, I, you get shit. That's just, like, that's your life. I mean, if you're a football player, I mean, it's sad. But that's reality. I mean, I don't know. And towards the end of last year, he was really balling out for us. He was like our... Yeah. He was he balling, was, like, was for real well. balling. Pittsburgh game. I mean, I could, you know, name a bunch of games last year at the end of the year. Second half of the season, he was balling. I mean, I remember, you know, there was like the trade rumors. He was, he was gaining, you know, he was playing well at the right time. Um, I don't know. It was, it was a time for a change of scenery. I mean, it didn't work out. All I got to say about it. I mean, good for him. Good, good for him. Whatever. He still has some drops. He's still not the best blocker. But dude can, like, he could create separation. He, he catches touchdowns. You know, he still has drops. Drops are still an issue. But, I mean, whatever. He's balling. So, the hell with it. You could have five drops, but, like, 15 touchdowns. The hell with it. Yeah, I think he, I think he had the same amount of drops he had this year than he had last year. I think it's about the same number. But the only thing, the only difference is that the fans appreciate him down the You know, he's getting yeah. a lot of love and support from all the fans. And nobody's, you know, bashing him. The difference is this guy's a free agent signing there, and he was the 10th overall pick. As you know, there, there's different expectations. Exactly. And, so. and, that, and that's what I was talking about is he's a 10th overall pick. We drafted him, even though he had no control over that. Um, and then the people that were drafted after him, they look at that and they say, you know, why is this guy succeeding? You're not. Yeah. Should have had I'll, this say something about our, I'll say something about our fans here. Whether a player is injured or struggling, they go really hard at him. DeAndre Levy, example one. Example two, Eric Ebron. Example three, Ziggy Ansah. The dude was trying to come back to play. He just couldn't. Like he, 
you get, I mean, you understand these players want to play. It's not like they don't want to play. I and think the way just, the fans treat them sometimes, it's, it's honestly fucked up. It doesn't just, happen no other city. It only happens here. It's just, I, I can't say that. It's every NFL fan base. I mean, not everyone's patient. Like, you know, as that, you know, like I, I say I have patience with this team. I say you guys have patience too. Not everyone's as patient as, you know, we are, I guess you could say. Well, you have to, like, I learned to be, I wasn't as patient when I was younger, but when you, like, more, like, see how these guys are, see, like, kind of, like, when you, like, watch the team more closely, you have to respect them, bro. The yeah. amount of shit they do in the offseason and the season, how hard they work, they want, they want to succeed. No one likes to play like shit or be injured. So, fans are kind of too hard on them, on some players, I think, especially our fans. All right, uh, let's get let's get into more depth about the draft. We were talking about some tight ends. We you know we touched about Ebron. Let's just get into more about you know the draft. Uh, so Pierre, who's some other guys you liked? You said some tight ends you liked. Uh, what are some other position guys? You, you want liked? me to name like first round guys, second round guys, uh, whatever yeah. man, what, whatever position, anything. All right, well, at the eight first- there is like they could go a couple different routes. You know, let's say they don't sign a stud wide receiver, and if the number one wide receiver is on their board and they have like like elite next to his name, or they have a really high grade on him, you have to take that receiver. Um, if Clellan Farrell is there, uh, Ed Oliver is there, possible if Ed Oliver is there, you have to take, maybe you take one of those guys. I'm not high on De- Devin White as other people are. He's kind of like a Jared Davis, runs fast, misses tackles. Needs a little development, to be honest. Basically a Jared Davis 2.0. Um, if they trade down, I like Byron Murphy. I like Greedy Williams if they trade down. I don't want him at eight, but if they trade down, I take Greedy. Uh, who else do I like? Um, Christian Wilkins if they stay at eight. I don't know if I mentioned him. You didn't mention the Michigander. Rashawn Gary? No, yeah. if they tra- see Rashawn Gary, man, I want to see more out of this kid. I don't know. Maybe his combine numbers will be flashy, but I'm okay. a diehard Michigan fan. I think Tyler is too. Tyler's a Michigan fan. We both agree that Rashawn Gary's overrated. I agree. How about he, the other? He's a heck of an athlete. But how about the other Michigander? Chase Winovich? Yeah, you know, like uh, late Devin, first. I, I was going second. for Devin. I was going for Devin Bush, but see his size, five eleven. See, I think the Lions want to add size. I think maybe you take him in the second. I take him in the second. I would have taken him in the first. If maybe they trade down like really far, like twenty six, twenty seven. Maybe that's where you take Bush. Yeah, that makes sense. If you trade down that far, we better get a hell of a lot of picks. Yeah, for sure. You probably oh, yeah. get an extra third or second, honestly, if you're trading all the way down there. I mean, you could, you could probably get a first for next year. Maybe. Possibly. The Saints did that, right? Then they trade, like, this year's first and, like, the pick they had to go and get uh, Marcus Davenport. Some shit like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> one other guy I love a lot. I like him in the second a lot. Or if they trade down. I like Trayvon Monica out of Clemson. The kid's a playmaker. You haven't mentioned the guy uh, fans have been all over for since the national championship game, Farrell. I mentioned him, Clone oh, Farrell. Oh, whoops, my bad. You're good. <laughs> what about you guys? Who do you guys uh, like? I mean, you basically mentioned everyone that you know, like the top guys. <laughs> yeah, you know, who could be uh, one of our, you know, one of our lines. I think one of those guys will be a line. Um, you know, the combine's huge. Though. I mean, I, I usually don't like to determine draft guys, and I honestly don't study more in depth in the draft till you know after the combine it's, i just think it's too early you know the playoffs are going on right now i mean the, i know college football just ended like it just ended on monday so i mean you know we have some time to you know study some of these guys more but i mean 
as of right now, I don't really have a specific guy in mind as a player, but as a position, you know, I'm still all over the edge rusher or, you know, an outside linebacker. I think the team's uh, biggest needs are, I'll give them four. I think it's corner, edge, um, right guard. They need a guard if TJ Lang, I mean, TJ Lang just had Tommy John surgery. And I'd say tight end. The thing about um, the cornerback position, I know Malcolm has mentioned this in like previous podcasts, you don't really need another shutdown corner, especially in the first round. I don't think it's a need to have a corner in the first round just because, I mean, you already have, you know, big play slate, you know, as your number one corner. I mean, you just need a, an upgrade at the cornerback, too. You don't need, like, a, a superstar, you know, cornerback, too. You don't need, like, a Jalen Ramsey or, you know, A.J. Boye, cornerback, too. Because if you look at all these other NFL teams, besides the Jacksonville Jaguars from last season, where they had Ramsey and Boye, I mean, there's not many teams that have two dominant corners. I mean, you usually have one, you know, shutdown corner and then like, just a very good corner. So Yeah, like a know, really good. Like Chicago, Chicago's a good example. Kyle Fuller and Prince of Kamara. Yeah, Prince right. is not—he's not the best corner, but he's a good corner. He could like yeah. man down his spot. So that's I think that's all you need is somebody to be able to handle their own. That they're not—they're not going to get picked on the whole game if they're covering somebody. You know, we just need somebody to be able to handle their own. We don't need an elite corner to be paired up with Slay. Now, if if you do go the route of drafting a corner. I think the reason why you do it is because you're looking at Slay's age and his contract situation. Or you I, missed out free agents. Yeah, or if you missed out on free agents, you know, I get it. But that that could be a, a big thing, too, because Slay right now is 20 years old. You know, most corners, they start slowing down at 30, 31. They start slowing down. Um, so if you look at drafting a corner to be a future Slay replacement, I can see that happening. But as far as the need right now, no, we don't need a cornerback in the first round. Um, because, for one, you draft a cornerback right now. Say we do miss out on everybody in um, free agency. You draft a corner, there is no guarantee this guy's going to start week one or hell if he even starts the season. So, the, the corners are tricky to me if you draft a corner. Um, what I also want to talk about, too, is the draft right now, depending on who drafts what and you know, teams, if they go after the best player or if they go for needs, you might be able to get a really good player at number eight, to be honest. Yeah, that's that's mm-hmm. what we're hoping for. Especially if, you know, there's been a lot of reports about the Arizona Cardinals drafting Kyler, Kyler um, Murphy. Murray. Kyler Murray. Kyler, Kyler Murray. Um, if that happens, there's going to be a domino effect, and that whole draft is going to just change if that happens. So... I honestly wouldn't be surprised based on you know who surprises people at the combine if some people actually move up in the top five. And a guy like Ed Oliver, hell, even what I'm praying for is like a Josh Allen because it's fall to us. Or a Quinnen Williams. Josh Allen or Quinnen Williams, man. So, yes. you're say- so you're saying there's a chance at Josh Allen? There is, <laughs> I mean, there is a chance because these if he people- falls to five, you have to trade off for him. Honestly, you have to trade you off have- for him. If if Bosa is already off the board and you're at five and yeah you kind of have to move up those three spots to get him, but I think who has five? I think at five is Giant. Is it the Giants or the or Jacksonville? I think six Giants is Giants. Seven yeah. is Jacksonville. I don't know who five is. Okay, so if if they get past, if they get to six. I think we're safe because I I honestly feel like 
Jacksonville's going to go for a quarterback, and I think um, New York has to go for a quarterback. Yeah. So yeah. I, that, could, that could happen. So I don't, you know, something crazy could happen that one of these elite players could fall to us. I wouldn't be shocked. We'll see. Yeah, I'm, anything could happen, man. That's why if somebody has, like, an amazing combine, they could shoot up to the top five, and that could be, you know, they could drop one of these elite players down the spot, you know, and the more they go down, the more of a chance we have to grab them. I have a question for you guys. Let's say at eight, I mean, they don't really sign, like, a sick free agent and free agent. Let's say at eight, they have, like, all their wideouts are on the board, and they have, like, two guys elite. Would you guys be opposed to taking a wideout on the, at eight, the best wide receiver in the draft? At eight? Yeah. Yes. Let's say 6'4", 4'4", four, four, four speed. 4'3", speed. speed. I would, to be honest, if I was a GM, I would look to trade Marvin Jones immediately if that happens. I would not trade Marvin Jones. I think you need depth. It just depends who they have out there. But I think you, you need, if you look at really good offenses, the Rams, they have three good receivers. Um, The Chiefs, they have three good receivers. I could go all day, right? The Saints, they don't really have three good receivers, but they have a running back who's really, really good catching the ball. They have Michael Thomas, and they have a Traquan Smith kid who's on the come up. So it's no. true, but then you're looking at you're in, you're in a spot now that if you do get a guy who's six four, can he play in the slot? And if he can't play in the slot, can he be effective in the slot? I mean, most likely, bigger receivers are effective in the slot. I'm going to be totally honest. I don't want anyone with this first with this uh, first round pick on the offensive side of the ball, unless it's an offensive lineman. Unless if it's an offensive, I was going to say that if they could grab an offensive lineman, yeah, but be, I don't. Want, I'll be okay with it. Yeah, besides an offensive lineman, I don't want any offensive players on, with this eighth overall pick. I don't want a receiver. I don't want obviously a quarterback, a running back, or a tight end. Um. I know the offense struggles, but I, I want a guy on defense that Matt Patricia could just develop and make him his own guy, make him a product of Matt Patricia. I want one of those guys. Yeah, I'm just and, saying, though, if, like, the board doesn't go their way, you have to, and then you don't have no options trade up. You're not going to reach for a guy. You have to go with BPA. I, I, I said this last podcast about Deontay Thompson. I'd rather reach for a guy, I think, than take a position that's not a huge, huge need. I mean, a receiver is a need right now. But I think you could figure that in uh, free agency. I mean, you already have good talent with Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones. Go get yourself a slot receiver like, you know, Adam Humphreys or uh, uh, who's your boy, Malcolm? Uh, J.J. Nelson. Nelson. Yeah, J.J. Nelson. Yeah, go get like – J.J. Nelson will thrive in Todd – if we hire Todd Munkin, J.J. Nelson will thrive in Munkin's offense. So, I mean, you can go get yourself a, you know, experienced slot receiver. And like I said – and, you know, this is why Pierce says I'm not a GM. I'm scared of receivers in the first round. I just don't like it. I don't know, man. I've seen the last few years. They Like, who do they produce? Josh Daxton? Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait no, Corey Davis and Mike Williams are both ballers, bro. Laquan Treadwell. Okay, okay. That's, that guy <laughs> was, like, taking, like, in the 20, like, 20, he ran, like, a 4-6, whatever. But, I'm saying if a guy yeah. runs fast, super yeah. athletic. I mean, but, but, shit, you, you're talking about maybe the next Calvin Johnson or the next Odell Beckham. You don't, you don't know that. They, they That's take... why I said that. at eight. Um, if you do draft a receiver at eight, you gotta be sure that this yeah, guy. Yeah, gotta be sure, one hundred percent. He's gonna be a Julio Jones. He's gonna be one of those guys. You have to be sure. Um, and that's why I said if you do go that route, it's gonna be pointless because he's not gonna. That's why I said you need. I said this in the last podcast. They have to have an instant starter. 
whoever they draft, I don't care who it is. Yes, exactly. So if, yeah, they draft if they draft a receiver, he better be out there starting. Bob Quinn yeah. said they need playmakers on both sides of the ball. They, well, they, you, you could get that playmaker in the offseason. You have money I'm to just spend saying if there is a guy who they think is like the next Julio Jones or Calvin Johnson at eight, you have to take him. It's tough it, to it, take a receiver, though, in the, at, why? at number eight. Tough. Calvin went number two. Odell went like they take time. They, they take time, man. They're not usually, you know, ready. We need, like Malcolm said, we need a guy that can start kind of immediately right now. And I don't it, think a receiver in this draft in the first round is a guy that could start immediately, be an effective, you know, big name player. If what we can get on the defensive side of the ball, yeah, that, that that's true. To be honest, there's nobody in the draft right now that's that's wowing anybody as far as like, oh, this guy is a top ten talent. No, he's a yeah. must have, like how Calvin Johnson was. Calvin Johnson was yeah. the best overall pick. Same with Julio, 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 Calvin. Yeah, the same way. That's what if, if there was a guy that that had that type of present, you know. We're asking a different yeah. question right now, then. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I know. That's what I was saying. If there was a guy like that, you know, you, you do take him, and then you you have to trade. You have to trade Marvin. And I'm just pick. saying, though, no one is talking about this wide receiver class. This wide receiver class, like, is really good. Especially it's like good. this this edge good. rushing class is even better though. Yeah, but like <laughs> what I'm saying with the edge class though, I think other teams could take them before we take. We might have to trade up. I mean, if we could, okay. it all depends on the on the combine, man. Because it all depends what Arizona does too. Because Arizona, they need an offensive lineman more than anything on Jonah Williams. Yeah. So if they grab a, who knows? They shock everybody and grab an old lineman. The best O lineman on the board in that first pick because that's their biggest need right now is protecting Josh Rosen. So, dude, Jonah Williams is a stud. If they want a left tackle, Jonah Williams could be like he could be one of the best. He's like a Tyron Smith to me. He's just a stud. He could there's be another that guy, player. There's another guy named um Jawan Jawan Taylor from Florida. He's he's huge. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he, but like he's kind of like I'm not that high on him. I know you're talking about. Yeah, but. Th- what I'm saying about Arizona, their biggest need is offensive linemen. So say they do grab offensive linemen. Guess what? Another elite player comes down, you know? And then who's that Who's that too? The Raiders? Yeah. Most likely, they will take Nick Bosa. If, if that happens, I can see them taking Nick Bosa. Or Quinn and Williams. I think the Jets and the Raiders will go like that. If they take a lineman, Quinn and Williams and Bosa, I mean, Quinn and Williams, Bosa and Allen are off the board. Next three picks. Okay, here's yeah. my question. Here's my here's my question. Let's say the Lions before the day before the draft trade down a top five pick, uh, top five draft pick. Do, do you guys think that solidifies we get an edge rusher? If they trade up, so, you mean? Yeah, trade, trade up, trade up in the top five pick. I wouldn't trade up unless you know who's on there. So I'd wait until draft day, and that's when you do your trade up. Maybe okay, you talk to teams like, hey, if this guy's here, I'll call you and I'll do this. Let's say but you don't officially do it. Let's say it happens our right, draft day. We're in the top five. Do you think that solidifies we're drafting an edge rusher? I mean, it's taken. <laughs> who's on the board, Tyler? Quinn and Williams? Well, Josh Allen? If you're in the top five, you have to imagine, you know, one of them will be there at least. You got yeah, Williams, Bosa. Uh, I mean, Williams is more of an interior guy, but dude, Williams is a dog. So you have to imagine one of them at least will be there if you're in the top five, <laughs> at, at number five. Farrell Fer- will definitely be there. I think Farrell will be is actually a realistic option. I think he'd be there at eight. He would be there at eight. He would be there if you trade back too, man. Christian Wilkins too, probably. 
Yeah. I don't know about Wilkins. Some team might fall in love with him thinking he's the next Aaron Donald. I don't know. We'll see. I, th- I think Farrell could be one of those guys you could trade back and get if, you know, if things are not going the way your draft board is going to like it. Like, like the draft board is not going the way you want. I mean, you could potentially trade back and go get yourself uh, Farrell from Clemson. I mean, he played well. I mean, he really showed – I mean, I'm not going to lie. I didn't know much about him until the national championship. I mean, he really showed up in the national championship. Christian Wilkins – played his best game the natty that he helped himself a lot people like started comparing him to aaron donald because he's so small and he's quick and i don't know for sure uh i want to thank you guys for uh, all the support from you know episode 10 of the pride podcast we all appreciate that for sure i hope you guys enjoyed episode 11 of the pride podcast we we got into some oc talk we got into some draft talk and you know some other stuff so i hope you guys all enjoyed I'm Tyler, also known as Lions Nation. I'm Pierre, also known as Detroit Lions fan page. What's going on, everybody? I'm Malcolm. I am with the Detroit Lions video page. Thank you guys so much for all listening. Peace out.